0: Hey, pull up a chair. Attacks on tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy.
1: The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it.
2: <laughs> because this campaign has always been about. Building a better, stronger, safer Chicago for all the people of Chicago.
0: I will be a part of the solution to make our Supreme Court, along with my soon-to-be new colleague, something that you will always feel proud of.
2: Well, hello, hackaroos. It is the Wednesday after a big election Tuesday. We are rarely a day late. We wanted to do the results. We are always a dollar short, but uh, we have so much to talk about. And with us, a super hack to join the discussion and a surprise live report. So, Baron Robert Von Gibbs, why don't you introduce our amazing guest and friend of the show?
3: My task is to introduce somebody who needs literally no introduction. Uh, he's claimed to fame. Uh, well, he's got lots of claims to fame. I remember him uh, in The War Room, a great documentary, and side-by-side uh, side, Bill Clinton in the 1992 campaign. You can catch him on CNN and everywhere else. The one and only, the honorable Texas Longhorn fan, Paul Bagala. Paul, thanks for joining us.
0: Uh, Hook'em horns, Gibbs. Great to
2: see you. Good to see you, Polly. And look, because it's such a big news day. I mean, we had a national impact in Wisconsin, a huge result in Chicago, and allegedly some minor traffic uh, problems in Manhattan. To cover them all, we're bringing in live from Manny's at the corner of South Washington and hot attack. The one and only legendary correspondent, Mr. Chicago himself, David Axelrod, <laughs> joining us for the top of the show,
1: on the scene. Yes, and there, you can still feel the tremors here <laughs> in the city of Chicago from uh, last night's election. Brandon Johnson, a, uh, a now-to-be-nationally-known progressive leader, uh, uh, 47-year-old county commissioner, is now the new mayor-elect of Chicago. This was a guy fellas who began at two percent in the polls last fall two percent and uh so by had, the margin of error we can't prove he was even in the race <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well there are some people who are in the race who you can't prove were in the race but <laughs> yeah no doubt but he uh but but he uh he edged lori lightfoot the incumbent out of the runoff uh with paul Vallis, the former school superintendent who very much pitched his campaign around the issue of policing and crime. Uh, and uh, what we had yesterday was a very close election in Chicago, the contours of which are familiar to me. Uh, you know, white ethnic voters heavily supporting Vallis, uh, black voters heavily uh, supporting uh, Johnson. A- and then the tiebreaker uh, were lakefront voters, uh, particularly northern lakefront voters uh, who are progressive younger uh uh went heavily heavily for Brandon Johnson he created a lot of excitement uh there and uh and he he got just enough of the hispanic vote that in combination with this group of uh young progressives put together a winning coalition and it, it really a historic win for him he's now got a hell of a job in front of him mm.
2: Paul Begala, quickly, and then Gibbsy, uh, you can you can explain it all to us. Is is there ever a a respectable book of political history that begins? Well, the Democratic Progressives decided the race in their favor, and then it turned out great for the Democratic Party. <laughs> dot dot dot. Well, uh,
1: th- th-
0: first first, thanks for having me back on, guys. Uh, this oh, is sure. uh, I, I need to up my game here to be on with Gibbs Murph, and Axe. So uh, yeah, your game is great. That's why you're here. <laughs> so, uh, but I actually want to ask you, X. There's been sort of a national trend among Democrats, yeah, to opt for the tougher on crime option, right? Yes. Even in Minneapolis, after the murder of George Floyd, they yes. voted against defunding the police, especially yes. in the black wards. Yeah, uh, San Francisco, maybe the most liberal big city in America, booted out Chase Bodine, their uh, yes. DA, because they thought he was too soft on crime. New York City, elects Eric Alex Eric Adams, Adams, right, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. tough on crime message. What happened in Chicago? and Why is that different? Why did the guy who, at least from an outsider, was perceived as
1: more liberal? If you poll in Chicago, public safety is issue number one, two, and three, and there is no number four. I mean, it is a big concern of people. And the big attack on him from uh, Vallis was that he was, was in fact, on tape saying, yes, uh, defunding police is a political goal. Now, what he meant by that was he wanted to uh, he wanted to shift funding to, to violence prevention programs and mental health and so on. Uh, he backed away from that in the campaign and said, I'm not going to take a penny away from, uh, police. What he didn't say he would do is what Vallis said he would do, which was add 1800 police. Now mm-hmm. I have to say that even with uh, recent reductions in police force, in police manpower in Chicago, Chicago has more police per capita than any any of the major big cities, including New York, uh, and yet has less good results. So it's not just a matter of policing, but you do need police, and Chicagoans want police. And one of the challenges for Johnson is that the very, very right-wing police union president said before the election that there'd be blood in the streets if Johnson won because a 1,000 police would retire on the spot. Uh, And, you know, one of the problems Lori Lightfoot had was she never, ever kind of won the hearts and minds of the rank-and-file police officers. And there was a sense that they were kind of laying back uh, in the last few years. Johnson's going to need to address that. Uh, You know, he may want to, you know, he wants to raise taxes and put $800 million into, uh, you know, uh, human services and housing and economic development and, underserved communities and so on. All that is fine, but you do need to get policing right. And so uh, one thing I'm going to be watching is how does he approach that and how does he persuade a a very skeptical police force that he actually has their back and that uh, that he is at one with them in this mission of trying to deal with crime in Chicago? So, Ax, I know this started
3: um before this campaign uh, has had ended, but the, there's a new police commissioner that has to be hired in Chicago.
1: Yes. Uh,
3: and I wonder um you know again that process began. I I wonder to what degree Johnson takes that over. Uh he certainly is going to bear the the either the the positives or the negatives of the impact or and the outcome of that hire. I mean, is that really is that really the most important and biggest thing on his 100%. plate right in front of him?
1: I, I, look, if he doesn't get this right, he's going to be a one-term mayor. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. And who he picks as superintendent is going to send a really strong signal uh, to the rank and file uh, officers there. Does he do
2: Nixon to China on that and pick somebody, you know, pick Paul Vallis, pick somebody who
1: is more position to his right. That would be, I think, advisable. I mean, look, nobody, including Vallis, you know, who was suspect because he was very close to the police union. Uh, nobody wants to w- walk away from the consent decree that they signed after Laquan McDonald was murdered in 2014, 16 shots in the back by the Chicago police. Nobody wants to go back there. Right. Uh, but uh, you do need someone who can command the Loyalty of and belief of the police force. One of the problems that Lightfoot had is she brought in uh, uh, this uh, police chief Brown from Dallas, uh, and you know out of towners are very suspect. He never won the the hearts and minds of the men and women he was supposed to lead, and uh, and he never had a real a viable anti crime strategy. So. You know, Brandon Johnson rightly says there are other things we have to do to make the city safer. He's right about that, but you can't there's no substitute for the role, the role that police play. And in terms of your question, Murphy, I think yeah. it's, it's for the National Democratic Party, I mean, there are two groups of people who are going to make Brandon Johnson an iconic figure. One are progressives who claim him. Bernie campaigned for him. Elizabeth Warren endorsed right, right. him. The other are Republicans who are going to play time and time and time again that tape of him from 2020 saying uh, defunding police is a goal. They're going to want to make him the face of the Democratic Party.
2: Well, particularly if he fails. If he wins, he's the next right. Bernie running for president in four years. If he crashes and burns, um, he's going to have a lot of weight. Uh, just two quick observations for me quickly. Yeah. Uh, interesting battle between the cop union and the teachers union. Johnson's yeah. an employee of right. the teachers' union. Now they're eliminating the middleman. Paid organizer for the teachers' union yeah. for the last, I think, 10 or 15 years. So, you know, eliminate the middleman, just direct Yeah, you know, We had a little of that here where an SCIU... Uh, organizer was elected to city council. You know why mess around with intermediaries? Second, the bigger point nationally, and I totally agree um, uh, that that could happen, probably will, is what an anti-New York this was. In New York, you had two right. kind of right of center. You had Garcia, Catherine Garcia, and you had the ultimate w- winner, Eric Adams. In this thing, I think all of us analyzing it, it was close, about a point and a half. Valles did pretty yeah. well, but. When you looked at all the candidates didn't make the write-off, there was only one Vallis, which was both a strength for him in the runoff, excuse me, in the first election and a problem later. I think he had a ceiling yeah. and he had that whiff of white Republican too, which is not good in
1: that race. He he back in two thousand and ten did an videotape, by the way, is a big problem for politicians. But he did an <laughs> interview back in two thousand and ten. Uh, where he was thinking, or 2009, he was thinking of running for county board president in Chicago. And to do that, there was no lane. There was an incumbent Democrat, uh, who was eminently beatable. He was going to run as a Republican. So he went on this, uh, kind of cable access. Do you remember Jeff Berkowitz at all, uh? He's just like a goofy right wing. I mean, when we say literally
3: somebody taping in their garage, Jeff is literally taping in his garage. (laughs) And probably shouldn't be
1: allowed out of it, by the way. (laughs) But but, Val said an interview with him and he said, you know, I'm really more of a Republican. And if I run again, it'll be as a Republican. Well, that tape got beaten to death in this campaign, too. And a lot of these young progressives. Oh, it's kryptonite. Yeah. Motivated by that and intimations that he wasn't strong enough on abortion, which really isn't a municipal uh, issue. Uh, So uh, there's no doubt that was at play. But at the end of the day, you know, there is a tribal nature to Chicago politics that has always been the case. Brandon Johnson got 20% of the black vote in the first round, finished third among the candidates. There were seven African-American candidates, finished third in the African-American community. But once it was Vallis and Johnson that black vote coalesced uh, around him, and uh, that, and you put that together with progressives, and Chuy Garcia, who ran in the primary, right. delivered a couple of the Hispanic wards for him. Yeah, yeah, but
2: barely had a campaign in the primary.
1: But yeah, yes. but he, yeah. but he, but he does have uh, a a couple of wards where he's quite uh, powerful. Yeah. Uh, so you put that together—that was a, a winning yeah. combination. Well,
2: that, that, that's just a note quickly. Note to file for our listeners: People are going to look at this and say, "Oh, black candidate won." Not—it was the white progressive candidate yeah. who became the black candidate.
1: Yes, he, of, he had more—he yeah. had more enthusiasm and loyalty among black voters. Voted for him because he was the African American candidate. Those white progressives were really turned on by his. Uh, by his message, and uh, yeah. you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I listen. I'm a Chicagoan, and so as a Chicagoan, I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. I want the city uh, to do well. He's going to have to fend off a lot of doubts. Business community was strongly opposed to him. Many there were many who suggested that some some major businesses might relocate and so on because he's talking taxes, and you know, he's got to. Now yeah. he's not, the, 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 the as I think I said earlier, the, the biggest thing he's ever run is a classroom. And yeah. now he's running the third largest city right. in America. And he's not
2: the thoughtful moderate. Now, maybe like Jerry Brown, he'll go through the change in attitude when you actually have to run a city. But yeah. You can not be a thoughtful progressive, uh, <laughs> Mike. That is possible. <laughs> oh, you're rocking my world, David. Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
3: I'm getting hives. And I, I'm hopeful that he will be. Just the one thing I'm struck by, Axe, is your intro of him winning, that he is now sort of front and center of of the national democratic scene, Mm -hmm. is not unlike you would have described Lori Lightfoot four years ago. And now somebody who didn't even make the runoff and, you know, I think by all accounts had an extraordinarily tough four years for a lot of different reasons, some of which we've talked about. Here's the thing.
1: Lori Lightfoot, Really wasn't a progressive. Progressives liked the idea of Lori Lightfoot, but that's not, she wasn't an ideologue. She didn't have a philosophical right. bent. You're talking about a guy whose major career uh, assignment was as an organizer for the Chicago Teachers Union, the most left yep. union in the city of Chicago. He believed so. He said stuff in the campaign like uh, this is a battle between black labor and, and, and white wealth. Uh, and, you know, my reaction to that was that's better for the dorm room than a campaign for mayor, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. uh, but I, I there's something about the guy that says to me he has real growth potential. He, he's a sunny candidate. He is a yeah, charismatic he is. guy. You, if Google he him, is. folks. See him in action. It matters. It matters. So I'm really hopeful that he will uh, grow in this job. I think he wants to do a good job. I don't think he's going to walk away from his progressive uh, commitments. Yeah. And I think some of them are important for the city, right. but, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it is going to be a big task to make the leap. Uh, you know, his big public experience four years as a County commissioner, that's a lot different yeah. than uh, running the city of Chicago.
3: David, while we have you as our Midwestern correspondent today, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, honored to be here for that. you Well, it's, it's, I think going from, uh, I've always wanted to be on this show I, th- I was going to say, I think you've been.
2: <laughs> now, I-, I see behind you a pile of ballots there. Don't you have to get it <laughs> yeah. in or is the winners yeah, counting exactly. over? I only voted nine times for ballots. It wasn't enough.
1: Well, there are nine back here for Johnson just so we could cancel each other out. <laughs> All right, now that
3: we have, uh, we can check off the box of the obligatory Murphy voting yes. in Chicago joke, let's segue. Let's let poor Paul Begali in the conversation, too. But let's go a, a slightly north of Chicago, uh, David and Paul, yeah. because I-, I think the. Seismic political story from yesterday uh, was what happened in Wisconsin uh, in a race that, quite frankly, nobody is going to describe as close. Nobody is going to describe as a narrow victory. Yeah, 11 points at least. Smackdown. In a very, very purple state. You know, Paul, what what is... What does it say and, and, and what does it mean? I know everybody was looking at this as sort of, this is the sort of telltale sign of what 2024
0: might look like. What do you take from it? Yeah, I, I think it's huge, uh, Robert. I, it's, you look at Wisconsin, Joe Biden won by 20,000 votes. Janet Protasiewicz won by 153,000. In an off year, in an April election, that's colossal. Ed- d- 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 we need to talk about the money, which they spent as much money. $49 million, yeah. By the way, I- I'm old enough to remember when the Clinton-Gore campaign, from the convention to the election day, spent $52 million Yeah, yeah. To win 33 states, not just the Supreme too. Court seat. <laughs> you know, this was huge. The money was, the money was ridiculous. <laughs> it was absurd. But it was not outcome determinative, honestly. Yeah. I think both sides had plenty of money. I think what drove this, well, Ben Wickler, the party chair, has said, This was the rage, the pent up rage of a state that the last two or three elections has voted Democratic about 53% and yet in state elections. And yet they have 39% of the legislature because of just the most vicious gerrymandering you have ever seen. And
2: you add to that then
0: abortion.
1: Yeah, which was
2: huge. This changes the balance of power in the Wisconsin court. So the left now runs it, not the right, right. which means they draw maps, abortion law. It's a big Swiss army knife now for the left to have a policy comeback in Wisconsin. Right. First time in 15 years. Big, big, big.
0: In fact, I, I didn't tell the whole story when I said Biden won the state by 20,000 votes. He really won by one because there was a pro-Trump lawsuit to overturn the election results in Wisconsin that Biden won by a four to three vote on the Supreme Court. Yeah, right. If you slip that one seat to the right, then the next time you're looking at a potential of overturning the votes of millions of Wisconsinites. Yeah. So It is colossal. It is huge. And in fact, I saw a quote from Ali Alexander, one of the Stop the Steal guys, ultra uh, conservative, uh, very, very pro-Trump, was caught up in a lot of that uh, 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 election denial. He said last night, I don't see a path to 270 in 2024 now that we've lost Wisconsin Supreme Court. Now, I think he's overstating it. I don't.
1: But it's it's really, really big. And beyond that, it was a barometer of where the state is. You know, these state right. Supreme Court races traditionally are pretty close. I think the Republicans won the last one by 5,000 votes uh, and she won by over 100,000.
0: Uh, 153 was my count. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Plus, she got everybody in America to learn how to say proto which...
2: Except me. I'm still struggling.
0: (laughs) Those of us with ethnic names appreciate that. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Bagel, bagel, (laughs)
0: boogel.
2: Judge Janet. She ought to do a mere Pete thing and just make it easy. I
1: think it was important for all the reasons you said and for gauging where the state is. And uh, yeah, I'd be really concerned if I were Republicans about that race in Wisconsin.
2: Quickly, one one footnote, though. I, I, You guys have been high-fiving and giggling all morning about this, and I don't blame you. It's a huge win for the Ds, well-earned. But I would, if I were a pub, I wouldn't take too much comfort in this. But if I were D, I would stay alert. We ran the biggest dog candidate we could find in Wisconsin. There was a primary or a first round. And all the grown-up, because I I used to work for Tommy Thompson back there, did governor's race, know the state. All the grown-ups were for the other one. They knew this guy was a MAGA loser. Now, he won the primary. That's a big tell, but in a bit of an upset.
3: Murphy, that's a feature now. That's not a bug. Yeah, exactly. We that's pretend right. like, wow, you know, in Arizona they ran a shitty candidate. Wow, in Wisconsin, they ran a bad
1: candidate for Supreme Court. I mean, agree. it's like
2: But there are forces uh, trying to correct it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> don't bet that's permanent.
1: You did Lincoln too, and things have changed, brother. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you, let
3: me ask you. So this is a great segue. I know, actually, you've got to run here, but but walk me through Murphy in twenty twenty four. Republicans are marching with with dual banners, right? One is the weaker candidates and the other is abortion bans. And somebody right. walk me through how we get to how Republicans, not we, God knows, how Republicans get to 50 plus 1 per uh, 50.1% or 50 plus 1 and 270 electoral votes. That's a those That dual banner is a dead bang loser twice.
2: Right. And they know it, which is why we're having this internal struggle. Now, can we get the primary voters there or not? But don't think people don't get it. In the leadership and even middle echelons of the party. That's one reason Trump, though he's having an electric shock, thanks to a left wing D.A. in Manhattan, we'll get to that. You know, a comeback like Frankenstein's monster. Ron
3: DeSantis is about to sign a six week abortion ban yeah, in yeah, Florida. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Your next best hope. I know. But right? Gimsy, for a
2: year, you've been projecting the status quo as the future. And I'm saying don't don't be sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good on my Trump bet. Just FYI. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I,
0: We're waiting to see. Some issues are losers in the instant and age well. Obamacare, which I want to publicly, again, thank Gibbs and Axe for that. Uh, But we lost the 2010 midterms terribly because of the Mm -hmm. healthcare issue. But it has aged so well that even a Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican president could not repeal it. It's aged very well. I would encourage any Democrat to run on Obamacare today. It's aged well. The day the Dobbs decision came down, my old Texas pal, Cecile Richards, former head of Planned Parenthood, said to me, this issue will not age well yeah because every single day someone is mm-hmm. faced with that choice every single day w- what if you're what if you're in my beloved texas or carvel's beloved louisiana and what if you're healthy and you're celebrating a pregnancy but god forbid something goes wrong in other words every single day we're going to hear more stories like the little 10-year-old girl in 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 indiana in ohio who was ohio. raped mm-hmm. uh, and had to move to india so this won't age well because it will continue right. to operate to the great uh, detriment of women all across America.
1: Wisconsin reflected that. Exactly. And this Big will time. not age well. Murphy, you're un- you you're unusually quiet.
2: No, I'm trying to let everybody get a word in here. Look, uh, you, you guys uh. again, it it's like shocker the republican party keeps losing elections with horrible candidates (laughs) who do you think is more hip to that than anybody else the smart guys (laughs) who used to run the republican party and would like to run it again and that's why gibbs's dream candidate or as i like to call him the one guy biden can probably beat is i don't think going to be our nominee Rogue doesn't think so either none of us because we think we can feel the primary moving we will see all right, hold that
3: thought. We're going to take a short break and now a word from our sponsors. Murphy, some people aren't as lucky as us, right? Just in one show we hired a chief science correspondent and a chief legal scholar to be on Hacks on Tap.
2: Yeah, Professor Paul Bagala, the Irwin Corey now of knowing everything about everything. But if you're a business owner and you need to hire
3: somebody, you'll love Indeed. With Indeed Instant Match You can instantly receive a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your
2: job description. Hiring? You need Indeed. Yeah, whatever you do, time is precious, particularly for people who are trying to hire somebody. You don't want to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You can find top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed instant match assessments and virtual interviews. Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80 percent of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job descriptions the moment they sponsor a job. That's that smart computer science working for you to save you time and get you the candidate you need.
3: Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Candidates that you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates
2: who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. And believe me, it works. How do I know? Because over 3 million businesses worldwide are using Indeed to hire great talent fast. I don't know about you, Robert, but I'm constantly hiring and firing yes men. I need somebody to follow me around and say, you're right, you're right, Murphy. God, you're right again. Well, that's where Indeed comes in. I can solve the problem quickly with the instant match, and I get the kind of candidates I want. It's cost effective, it's fast, and it's uh, it's a fantastic way to solve any hiring problem. So visit Indeed.com slash hacks to start hiring right now. With instant match, as soon as
3: you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, Murphy, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Visit indeed.com slash hacks to start hiring right now. Go to
2: indeed.com slash hacks. That's indeed.com slash hacks terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed indeed.com/ hacks indeed
1: It was interesting CNN did a poll post indictment to me it was a, a my, it was a little snapshot of your problem. Donald Trump had a 73 a percent approval rating among Republicans in this poll. Seventy three percent. He had a 26 percent approval rating among independents. So there, there's the sort of that in, right. a, in oh, one totally slide agree. is the problem of the Republican Party. Trump is dead in a general. Right. But has the hearts and minds of a base in the Republican primary. Unless Biden it becomes really
2: horrible, which could happen. The whole question is the Republican primary. But the good news for
3: Republicans is Ron DeSantis and his six-week abortion ban are definitely going to come in and swoop and save the party. No, nobody's saying that. I don't think
2: DeSantis will be the nominee either. Gibbs, you you missed a career as a Polish cavalry general in 39. Our new horses are going to take on those tanks. We know the horses lose. The question is, can we do anything about it in the primary? And the biggest tell is the crowd of people running. You would not okay. have had that in the old t- Totally hmm. Trump Republican Party 20 months ago. They all would have been dead on mentioning it. Okay,
3: comrade, is it is Asa Hutchinson going to be your next nominee? I mean, please. Seriously? I like Asa. I like Asa, too. I do, too. But, like, that's why he can't win. He's only a slightly better odds than me exactly. to be the nominee. Exactly.
2: Here's the war plan. Democrats should go to sleep. They can't lose, and Biden's invincible. Just just make that the theory. No, no, but this predetermined outcome thing that you're going to get the Trump gift for free forever. Here we go. It's not right. Pay no attention. Your problem isn't
1: the horses, uh, Murphy. It's the horses' asses. Yeah, so. Oh, All right, back to Manny's for you. <laughs> I'm leaving. I want to ask Pagallo one question. So yesterday, Axios reports that Biden is now postponed his announcement maybe to July, possibly to the fall. This is something that I've feared and I've talked about, which is he's never been one to make these decisions in a rapid way. And should he get to July or August or September and for whatever reason decide not to run, doesn't that deprive the Democratic Party of the, of the contest that it will need to find the right candidate to succeed him? Yes, it's a short answer. Yes, but it's, he's going to run.
0: I'm often wrong, never in doubt. And I have zero <laughs> doubt. And I, I <laughs> welcome like to you, the show. Yeah. You belong here. <laughs> like y'all, I, I have not talked to Joe Biden. The only two people who matter in this decision are Joe and Jill. And I haven't yeah. talked to either of them. So I don't really know, but I, like you, I've talked to almost everybody close to him, uh, particularly in his political orbit. And I come away from that completely convinced that he's yeah. running. I, I, I had, I, I pick up no hesitation if he chooses not to run he should announce it today because actually you're right uh and we've talked about this off off uh the record the 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 democrats will need a long runway to pick a successor it will not automatically go to the vice president the way it did for al gore right Uh, and the way it usually does and that's not a a shot at at kamala harris it's just there's so much uh i think such a deep bench and so much pent-up energy and talent in the democratic party that you're going to need a lot of time to sort it out And uh, if 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 President Biden decides he doesn't want to run again, he needs to tell us now the fact that he's not telling us now is one more piece of evidence that he's certainly running
1: or he wants to give himself more time to to just be absolutely sure. I think he's given himself more time to be a president, not a partisan. Yeah, that could be, that could be.
3: But it'll be interesting to see, because if you don't have a campaign apparatus until the fall, that puts a lot of uh,
1: pressure
2: onto a super pack or a set of super packs. Far from optimal. Yeah, yes. you're right. It, it, he's got it. But it's comfortable for him to say, well, I'm busy saving Western civilization. I'll postpone this tawdry political decision. Right. Yep. He, he's got to make his call. I agree. He's highly likely to run. I don't think certain, but highly likely. But he better say it to bring order.
0: Can I just say one thing he pulled off? The biggest thing in the whole wide world this week is not Wisconsin. It's not Chicago. It's not Trump in Manhattan. It's Finland joining NATO. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. And that's yeah, thanks to yep. Vladimir Putin mostly, but also to Joe Biden. It's a colossally important thing. It'll be important fifty years from now.
1: You're completely right. I'm not sure it's a voting issue, but yeah, no, no, it's it's not completely true. What our
0: children will talk about fifty years from now?
1: Finland
2: being in Poland, much more. I agree. agree. Sweden.
1: Speaking of saving Western civilization, I got to run. You guys,
2: (laughs) you got 20 (laughs) ballots to get to the fifth ward to try (laughs) to get it to a two point victory, not a point and a half. I will see you. uh, (laughs) I will will see
1: you uh, next week. Uh, All right, Gala. Always great to see you, brother. Axe, I love you. You're the best. All right, there he is. There he is, our
2: Managed Deli correspondent live from Chicago (laughs) or maybe somewhere else. It's radio. You folks will never know.
3: He's the king of the Segway and this idea that he's going to save Western civilization. Brilliant, I have to say. Yeah. plus one for yeah. he's for going
0: to game. eat a reuben sandwich
2: that's what <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> yeah, <good> to <laughs> yeah exactly. it's gonna say exactly we're gonna start a movement to make him police commissioner there get him a real job and then 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 it'll be fun let's take a short break and hear from our sponsors manscaped is
3: here with a deal you can't pass over get it this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass, so make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code HACKS. It's time to put all your eggs into the perfect basket with the performance package 4.0 by Manscaped. You'll find Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer. I've ordered a couple for Murphy and Axel, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a handy travel bag to hold all your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is an elite electric trimmer. It has their proprietary advanced skin-safe technology that is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can keep eyes on those eggs even in the dark. The Easter Buddy dropped off an extra special gift with performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. April is Easter, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer. So, How do you get all this? How do you save 20% off and get free shipping? Well, you go to manscaped.com, you use the code HACKS. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HACKS at manscaped.com. Hop into the best deal of the year with Manscaped.
2: Okay, so should we go to this Trump madness now? We've talked about how big Wisconsin is. Yeah, what else happened yesterday? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there was a little trouble in Manhattan, apparently. <laughs> uh, and I want to go with the neo-Soviet thing now. I'm going to start describing him as comrade criminal defendant Trump. Uh, so criminal <laughs> defendant Trump uh, had his 28 minutes in court or whatever it is. I, I My view, and you've heard it a thousand times, is this is the weakest case politically, uh, and so in the short term, it's very tribal and it's given him a bump in the R's, but not a meaningful bump because it's way early. Uh, the question is, will this have any pejorative effect on the next stuff coming, which is so much bigger? And I agree yeah. with the big headline, even though this may give him a little sugar calorie bump in, among Republican primary voters way early here. It's another nail in the big coffin in a general election form.
3: All that is true. And I think what's interesting is, you know, he's next scheduled in court in December and a trial in January. So to your point, Murphy, I, I, I mean, to me, what's looming out there is the special counsel. There's a story over the weekend or on Sunday about, you know, new evidence around obstruction of justice. That to me seems to be the real bogey here. The New York Times headline itself described the case that Bragg brought yesterday as risky uh, in, uh, in today's paper. So I, I, I think you're right. It is early for the sugar high. I, uh, I've got a
0: question on that, but I will wait to answer, to ask that in a second. The Democrats best political argument on this is if this is such a miscarriage of justice, what were you Republicans saying when the Trump department of justice and the Trump appointed uh, Southern district of New York prosecutor put Michael Cohen in prison for the same operative facts? That's the best political argument. Like, if you're going to indict Bonnie, you got to indict Clyde. (laughs) They were both allegedly in on the scheme to pay off Stormy Daniels and to hide it. Well, And that's a good political argument. The problem legally, and I am a a, a licensed attorney, believe it or not. Oh,
2: really? Okay. I got rear-ended by a cab the other day, and I got this pain (laughs) in my neck ball. We're talking afterward.
0: (laughs) I would not hire me as a lawyer, believe me. But I I do have a law degree, and I passed the bar exam. And the the, the legal problem is, the, the Times is right, it's risky. They, they have, I think, what seems to be a pretty good case that perhaps business records were falsified, but that's a misdemeanor to bootstrap that up to a felony.
2: Yeah, it's an accounting misdemeanor. They're trying to steroid up to a felony. Right. And that's a that's and to hard. The bootstrap
0: it up to a felony. Mr. Bragg yesterday seemed to say, well, he violated New York and possibly federal election laws. You know, that's a I have a real problem with that. In a federal election, the only law that matters is federal law. The, the law is very, very clear that yeah. it preempts a state yeah. laws. So the presidential election has to be run only on the federal law. You can't have, you know, 50 different states uh, prosecuting candidates for, for different things, right? It's just a federal thing. So I think it could be hugely problematic. This may be, there's some reason that the, that the feds who did incarcerate Cohen under Trump
1: yeah. for these
0: same facts did not prosecute
2: Trump. And I don't know why, but my suspicion is because I didn't think they could convict him. Cohen pleaded guilty. Paul is our newly appointed legal expert now. You've fallen into <laughs> that trap. Let me, let me ask you a question. My grandfather was an elected uh, judge back in Detroit. My dad was an attorney, so I'm free to play lawyer on podcast. Other than that, I have no, no insight. But it strikes me as somebody who has a degree in what I like to call political hack law, which is like, don't take the corporate contribution because the FPC right. fine will be a problem in October. I've actually been fined by the FEC I think myself early in my career when a candidate stiffed me and the Fed said that was a corporate contribution or words the 20 grand I ate uh, I think I don't think I ever got that I can't remember the outcome of it but here's what I think is going on and I think this is a flaw to reinforce what you said in Bragg's thinking all right we got him on accounting misdemeanors big whoop right. in New York you know one of a million uh, but he was doing it to try to not make the hush money paid by the company misaccounted to Cohen uh it should be on the FEC report as a campaign contribution that's the quote federal angle and right. boy that is hard to prove because he can argue no no I didn't want Melania to see it you know that to link which it is the, what
0: John Edwards argued right, in a very right. similar case and was found not guilty right yeah I, I just right. I don't like this case I don't like it I think that um <laughs> I think Alvin Bragg yesterday you're gonna disagree, Marsh. I think uh, the DA brag yesterday made Trump unbeatable in the Republican primary, and then I think Trump's w- ridiculous rant at Mar-a-Lago made Biden un- unbeatable in the general election. <laughs> in other words, you know, it's it's yeah. a, a gift for Trump in the primary.
2: Yeah, the Trump fatigue is still there, though. I, I you know, we we already see, argued. I don't about see it. That. I don't um, either. Well, here's the number. Let's see what he can do in the Iowa caucus. Remember the Milk Wurzman rule, don't believe a national poll to the first contest. Last time, you guys remember what Trump got in the Iowa caucus last time? No. 25%. One out of four. And, you know, is he going to need more than that to win? And there's some good competition there. Forget DeSantis. There are others that are going to get discovered later. Here, listen to Tim Scott on The Stump in Iowa sometime.
3: I have my question for both of you because you're obviously both top flight political communicators, right? I've been struck. Everybody's rallied around Trump, right? Forget the national polling, but, but literally every, every one of his so-called opponents running for a microphone – to denounce what happened yesterday. How, how exactly are these folks going to be effective at steering around the Trump bus that's currently taking up this lane? I, I agree with you 25% in Iowa, but I don't understand if they all see this rallying around, how, how does this all work? How do, they, how do they attack Donald Trump if he gets indicted a second time or a third time? I'm struggling to see this.
2: Well, I think there's a disease that we've all suffered from, but our campaign hack background inoculates us well to fight it, which is one laneism. Whatever the big debate in the CNN, the only the only news is will the brag amendment be? You know, out out in voter land, they, it's pretty simple to them this thing which is when Clinton had a sex scandal with all his hookers and interns and everything, nobody indicted him, but now we got the liberal guy. I mean, what would the New York Times have said if the Salt Lake City DA had put a criminal charge on Clinton? It's a blur to them. So what you do is you create other lanes, and you hope that the next indictments, which are bigger with tapes of, hey, Secretary of State, Republican, fix the election for me, increases the exhaustion. The more Trump gets a daily debate on is this Soros left wing elected democrat who's after me in a flimsy legal case a bad guy and screw them the better he's going to do so you Mm -hmm. need other debates now if i were running the democrat universe well more i mean there are some cynical democrats who love this I, i think they're like hey this will give trump the nomination Great. Now we finally got somebody Biden can win. I think that's dangerous because, well, it's probably yeah. right. Getting Trump one step closer to the Oval is a bad thing for America. So no what What no our doubt. secret Republican Star Chamber would do is call the Fulton County DA, who's got a much better case, and say, move that damn thing. Let's get out of stupid New York bullshit fake felony world where even Mitt Romney, the last honest guy in the Republican Party, had to defend right. Trump, which, believe me, I'm sure he puked between, you know, some, but he was honest. That's that's Mitt's great thing. And in in politics, sometimes is his great obstacle. Uh, We got to move on to the Fulton County H-bomb. We got to move on to January 6th. By the way, where was the big Trump crowd? You know, that we're supposed to have all these riots in the street. Every cop had to wear their uniform. Uh, That's also an energy sign about Trump. So uh, you got to move on and create other lanes. And right now, I think punting on this one, this is a crazy liberal DA, but we got to move beyond Trump is not not that doesn't rule these guys out. But taking the brag side of this thing, that's political suicide in the Republican Party. It's not about Trump. It's about tribalism there at, at the beginning on this one. Will the others be as tribal? That's the question. Well, I wonder, though, if the Bragg
0: indictment makes it more difficult for people running against Trump to criticize him on these much more grave investigations. That's the, the question. The, the, the I agree. The case in
2: Georgia. Precisely. It yeah. is. Well, you got to let them work. You know, you, you got to let the facts boil through.
0: The case in Georgia is open and shut. Right. It, yeah. It's again, I'm a nerd. I actually looked up the Georgia election. Statute about counting votes and influence, uh, and and boy, you match that up against the tape that we've already heard, right, Mr. Trump on the phone with Brad Rappaporter. We haven't heard yet the tape of Trump on the phone with David Ralston, the Speaker of the right. House, now right. now now passed away, um, I, th- and that's a big it, deal. That's not just whether yeah. he lied about sleeping with a porn star. This is about whether millions of Georgians' votes will be counted accurately. And by the way, on that tape, he doesn't say. I'm worried about shenanigans in Atlanta. I really want to make sure you guys count this accurately. He said, find me 11780 bucks."
2: Yes, yeah, steal me the votes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. by the way, the Republican governor there, the king Republican brand in the state, is a guy thinking of running against Trump. So, you know, you got to let the evidence work and boil right. the cake. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But So let's say that DeSantis, who I think is the most overvalued stock
0: in America, um, <laughs> I just fast. think he is. He's a He pulls a stunt and he moves on to the next thing. But let's say that, that this is all hypothetical, that Fannie Willis, the DA in Fulton County, comes with a, a serious, well-documented indictment. And he, she may not. He may be perfectly innocent. We don't know. But how does DeSantis then say, this seems serious to me because Trump will <laughs> say, oh, you're on the side of a left-wing right. local Democrat DA Soros. He'll find, you know, he doesn't yeah. need to find. He'll lie about whether... I think you know, we're saying Bragg makes it infinitely more difficult for the people running against Trump. I too too. that's
3: the, again, that's the sort of the premise of my question, which is I think they're building up this sort of calcified wall to protect Trump against the web, you know, you see this now the weaponization of the justice system. That's a thing that's going to fit every person that is trying to prosecute slash persecute Donald Trump. That's what you're gonna see. and again, I think the far more serious case, the Georgia case is certainly serious. I, no doubt that the, the documents, the top secret documents case is big time serious. Uh, I just don't know whether when we get to it, whether everybody will. I mean, it, it, to your point, Paul, is everyone going to say, OK, well, wait a minute. I just read on page four of this indictment. Holy wow. This guy can't possibly be president. Right. I just, It's going to
0: be a lot of interesting gymnastics one of the best courses I ever took in college was physics for idiots
2: because I'm an idiot. And (laughs) it's a guy named Rory Coker. He's still there. University of Texas. Uh, On day one, he drops a bowling ball on each of your feet. And that's how it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, That
0: kind of stuff. He actually had a bed of nails and he laid down on it and he was fine. Why? Because the nails were close enough that the surface tension on any one nail wasn't enough to break the skin. Thousand nails. That's Trump. He has so many scandals, so many investigations that he can lay down on that bed of nails. If, If there's one nail you lay down on it, you got a problem. And and this is, I think, what Trump benefits from. And by the way, he benefits from uh, also a lot of nails in, in the political opposition. In other words, if he's had six opponents in the primary, you can guarantee he's a nominee. If He's got one. Then maybe you're right, Murph. Maybe your dream comes true. And I am with Gibbs and thoughtful Democrats do not want Trump to be the Republican nominee. We do
2: not. I'd rather run against anybody else because I think Trump is an existential threat to our democracy. Yeah, if no I agree with right. you that a thousand percent. But if Trump loses the Iowa caucus, New Hampshire primary, will he be the Republican nominee? You tell me. It depends on who wins those both those races. Yeah. But but isn't Trump losing the biggest single dynamic? I agree. It's important who wins. Certainly. Well, Joe Biden lost them both and then racked up 44 wins. <laughs> right. So
0: I, I just don't know your party well enough, though, Mike.
2: That's that's true. But he had that African-American base later in the, that's the right. process. That's right. is different. He, he had the real heart of the party with him. That, I think, is based on, you know,
3: my point is the personality of who that is, because President Mike Huckabee and President Rick Santorum uh, would suggest that winning the Iowa caucus on the Republican side might not be. Well, oh, I agree with
2: that. But if he loses both, if he loses question.
3: both, yeah, if he loses both. And again, particularly if he loses both to the same person. Than, than the stink of loss.
0: Yeah, 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 What makes any of us think that if he loses, he will acknowledge the loss? Won't he just no, say no, the he'll Iowa say Republican corrupt, Party stole it and the New Hampshire Republican Party? Everybody. Yeah.
2: He did that last time in Iowa. Right. The, the yeah. reason he's dropped so far before he got the Frankenstein wake-up electric shock, thanks to D.A. Bragg, was the exhaustion people have with that in the Republican primary and losing. Everybody says 80% favorable. Does he do 80% on the ballot? No, he's been doing 30s. So anyway, we're just say, keep in mind, we have a different Iowa caucus this time. Uh, You guys have both worked Iowa caucuses. You know that Iowa culture. And I any Iowa caucus nut should go back to the show we did of David Kochel all about it a couple episodes yeah. ago. But remember, you've you yeah, got 100,000-plus right. Democrats who are used to voting in a caucus, which is a big cultural part of Iowa. That's no longer here. It's been taken away. So some of them are going to show up in the Republican caucus. And I guarantee you they're not Donald Trump voters. I mean, there will be some college Democrats, hey, we're going to vote for Trump and change the world and screw the Republicans. But fundamentally, it's going to be like New Hampshire – where the independent vote is huge in affecting the primary. John McCain in 2000, I was working for him. We didn't win Republicans when we won that primary enormously. We just killed with independents, which overcame our deficit with ours. So I I think if Superman starts losing the fatigue and the fact that he's now the biggest loser in the party, and even Republicans in focus groups will look around, make sure everybody's Republican and say that – is out there. So I think sugar calories, election next week, this has been a gift to Trump. This is the electric shock that woke up Frankenstein. But the big stuff is coming, and if the big evidence is powerful which I think it will be, much more than this thing. This was leading with a glass jaw. The, the secret Democrat star chamber should have shut this stupid thing down. It's hurt. It's helped Trump. I agree. Short term. We'll see long term if people yeah. want to make that bet again in the primary. And the process, if he loses Iowa, a new Iowa, which is 15% Dem in addition to 40% Christian, um, and then he loses New Hampshire off that, where Trump's got fairly mediocre numbers before last week's little jolt, Ah, I'm just not going to bet my house on Trump being the nominee, even with this. And now, a word from our sponsors. Robert, you know, we both heard Axe go on and on and on about his cult-like devotion to Helix Sleep System. But I got to tell you, the Hypno has worked. I'm a Helix guy now because they have a new product And we're happy to have them as a sponsor so we can tell you, our beloved listeners, about the new product, which is the child-size Helix. We have some bunk beds here. I've got a young daughter. I said, hey, honey, I have some friends at Helix, and maybe a kid mattress can, how would we say, fall off the truck. And it did, and it got here in a box. We opened it. The dogs went crazy. They thought the blob had attacked us. But it's really cool the way the thing comes out, and my daughter loves it. We have another Helix Accolade here in the Hacks on Tap family.
3: Helix Kid Mattresses, what sets them apart, Murphy, is their two-sided design for growing kids. Firmer for kids 3 through 7 to give the spinal support they need to aid their growing bodies. Softer for kids 8 through 12 to offer a more comforting feel kids prefer as they grow up. Yeah, we're using the
2: softer side for a 9-year-old here, and it's a hit.
3: There you go. Their kid-focused features include antimicrobial shield, hypoallergenic cover, they're water and stain resistant. They're tested and approved by kids, adult professionals, and parenting publications. Most importantly, they're designed with safety in mind, Murphy.
2: No, they're great. They're a premium product. Helix is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preference, as well as a dynamic mattress that fits your child's needs over the years. Again, you can three to seven, that's the harder side, then you flip the thing. So, you know, you can get 10 years use out of this deal. And that appeals to a cheapskate like me. So once you've matched with your perfect mattress using the Helix Sleep Quiz, which you do online and it's very quick, but very effective, your personalized mattress, the one you need is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Again, that's what happens, kind of a Box shows up. It's long and rectangular, and you open it up, and you don't even have to pull the thing out. It's got a mind of its own. So it's a miracle of modern mattress technology, captured the heart of David Axelrod, and now it's got the Murphy family, too.
3: And what's great, Murphy, is Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100 night trial and a 10 to 15 year warranty for you and your child to try out the new. Helix
2: mattresses. Incredible deal for you our listeners because Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders including the Helix Kids mattress and two free pillows for our listeners. You don't have to worry about these pillows whispering to you in the middle of the night crackpot political theories. They're just a sleeping pillow. So right now, go to helixsleep.com/hacks. This is the best offer we've had yet and I'll tell you it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
3: By the way, we shouldn't let this moment pass to also mention that we've promoted Paul to science correspondent, chief science <laughs> correspondent for Hacks on Tap after his- He's our physicist. Right. His memory of the physics class that he took more than a few uh, years ago. <laughs> Decades. Uh, we won't get into that. Who, 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 Murphy, do you see if DeSantis is not quite ready for prime time? Who do you see? You mentioned Tim Scott as somebody who could be interesting.
2: Yeah, I'll go through a couple of them. And, and just quickly, I got to say, I hate CW because they always think the election is tomorrow. That's why I can barely watch the industry I work in anymore, uh, except when you guys are on or Axelrod or a few others. So DeSantis has time to have a second look that goes well. But everything we know so far is the second looks going to be bad. He hasn't had tough races. His wife's running the campaign, local news anchor. Uh, so there's probably a lot of talk about, you know, weather reports when they ought to come in the campaign. I hate to be mean to her like that, but it's been unimpressive. It's a real all the king's men, all the king's horses thing. He has time to come back, but what we've seen so far doesn't reinforce that. So I, I'm interested in the what I call the third and fourth quarter Republicans after the summer in Iowa. Scott's interesting because he's not a grievance candidate, unlike the others. He's interesting. Republican primary voters love credible African-American candidates because they're tired of being called racist all the time. He has a great story. He's running a Christian values soft bio spot now in Iowa on Facebook. Take a look at that messaging. So I think and he's got 26 million federal in the bank. On the other hand, we know Trump is the king of the attacks. And he's, you know, he never says, I've been hearing from people. I've been, you know, they're talking about DeSantis people the Santas and saying, the teenagers and the wild parties. Those people <laughs> oh, are saying, God. Tim Scott, where's the wife? That's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. Not married, bachelor. You know, I mean, it's all going to come. These guys better be ready to fight. But Scott is a story. He's not grievance, and he's got the money to present it, and he's he's Iowa-friendly. So that's one. Nikki Haley, I know her, don't like her, don't trust her, just know her too well. But on paper, she's a next-generation conservative. She's a woman. She's interesting. She can be pretty dynamic. I don't know if she'll make it through the desert. I think she announced too early, but i keep an eye on her. Brian Kemp, governor, not part of the Washington mob, also generational. You run against Jurassic Joe Biden, who you have to carbon date. Well, you got a young governor who's very adroit in the Republican primary, kicked Trump's ass through surrogates when Trump tried to take him out, uh, and is also a New South governor. I think he's interesting. You got Glenn Youngkin, who has a big clock on his wall, because when you're governor of Virginia, the clock's going backwards. You get one year, and you're out. Well, he's a very rich guy with nothing to do. His first name is governor, and he's ambitious. So I think the old fleece vest may be heading to Cedar Rapids. He's sort of interesting. I don't even though he's a friend of mine, Chris Sununu, in New Hampshire, he's got two big problems. One, there's no other state really for he's kind of moderate. I like it, but but I don't see where he goes. And New Hampshire is not going to want somebody to devalue the New Hampshire primary, particularly after the Democrats have torpedoed it. So, you know, I don't I don't really take him seriously. Hogan's not running. There might be somebody else popping in, but there are a lot of remember what Republican primary voters will say. Is Biden's old and he's just as corrupt as Trump? You know they they want the moral equivalence. It's bullshit, but they will say it. So a young, flashy, generational conservative who's not Donald Trump and shows some magic after Labor Day in the caucus in the New Hampshire primary—I don't know if it's a done deal, but boy, there's a lot of rocket fuel if somebody can catch on. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing. One good thing to underscore here: we have a very, very, very long way to go. I, I a
3: couldn't agree more. Very long way to go. And to your point, the ups and downs. There's far too much public polling. It's often worth what uh, what people are paying for it. It's a noise meter for what's on cable TV. It frames, as you said, the conventional wisdom, and we've got just many, many, many places to go. I, I will say this: we, you know, you look at Barack Obama heading into the Iowa caucus. We, we were not leading in national. Polling. Right. Oh, Hillary <laughs> couldn't be
2: stopped. She had the organization. Yeah. She had the biggest political yeah. name and blah blah blah. Hillary blah. and Rudy is going to be two thousand eight. Right. Yeah. Right. Rudy. Remember Pete Wilson, unstoppable. I say this is somebody who supported Hillary Gibbs in that race and love her. Yep. But Barack beat her.
0: He attacked her all fair and square. OK, but if you want to beat Trump, you have to beat Trump. Yes, and every I agree with one that. of those people you yes. mentioned, Mike, are impressive. I would much rather see them as Republican nominee as a citizen of the country. But none of them so far have had the spine to stand up to Trump and punch him in the nose.
2: Right. And you can't beat him being a dime store Trump. That's the problem. Right. You, you've got to oh, find a to way stand to beat yeah. That's my argument with the lane. That's my argument.
0: He is a loser. He is a corrupt. He's crazy. He's chaotic. I mean, they have to go after him. And again, I didn't think Obama did anything across the line, but he attacked Hillary. That's how you win this. Running for president is a prison movie. The first act, you go in <laughs> to cell block R, and you punch the biggest guy in the cell block right Go shiv the biggest guy you, biggest right guy you can find,
2: right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's how Gibbs did it when he did his stretch. So is that Chris Christie? Well, like, I didn't maybe Chris mention Cr- him. I don't know. Voters don't really like Christie. I mean, he did the same act in in, in New Hampshire and. Long story about that. But but yeah, yeah, look, my view is you don't go directly at Trump, but you have to say the year of Trump is over. Some of the issues live on. I'll carry them. Right. But it, it is, uh, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired yeah. of the behavior. I'm tired of apologizing. Trump is over. And I think you do it that rather than Trump is wrong and evil. And I don't imagine that if Christie does that, in as he's talked about, you know, take,
3: take. I think he in the interview with Axios said something like, take him out with one punch on the debate stage. I don't think that person ultimately becomes the nominee because we know in multi, multi-candidate right, uh, primaries, yeah. right? it's somebody else that's sort of watching, takes that space up. And you do wonder if Christie isn't the guy who's just going on the yeah. mission of- He could be chief blowhard just to right. argue
2: with Trump and give some, I, I agree with that.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go
2: torpedo that guy and somebody else's. Maybe he's trying out for attorney general. Well, speaking of torpedoes, I think we ought to damn the torpedoes and go full speed ahead to the mailbag. That was brought to you by BadTransitions.com. You, too, can learn how huh? a division of Trump University. All right. If you have a question for the mailbag, you send it to us at our special Hacks on Tap email address, creatively entitled Hacks on Tap at gmail.com, Hacks on Tap at gmail.com. Or send it by mail and include a $20 bill, because this is almost radio. When we find the dollar <laughs> in the record sleeve, we play the tune. Okay, seriously, send us your questions. We love answering them, and we have some today. First question for Baron Robert Von Gibbs from—now, wait a minute. This is—I don't know if we can't spell. I don't want to mispronounce our friend's name here. Steven. Steven S-T-E-V-A-N, has an interesting question for Gibbs. One way 2023 is like 2015 is that the indicted former president is getting free advertising from everyone. His campaign doesn't need to spend a dime because of the free airtime, particularly on cable news. What do you think media should do about this issue? Are they going to get fooled again,
3: Robert? If some of yesterday's coverage and some of the coverage the day before it, or any indication, uh, it is likely they are going to get fooled again. I mean, it's remarkable to watch literally the motorcade from Mar-a-Lago, the plane taking off, you know, every step that he made in Manhattan, back to the plane at LaGuardia, back to Florida. So in many ways, it it is emblematic of what we've seen. Interesting that in primetime, his uh, 25 or 30-minute rant, which probably served as his second kickoff at Mar-a-Lago, was not covered. Uh, nearly as widely on on cable. I, I, look, I think the media has to be, they have to be cognizant of this. I think they are getting more cognizant of this, but we just have to understand that this is like a car accident on videotape. You can't stop watching. And I don't think that the cable news networks are going to stop showing it. And I don't think that people will stop watching it. They have, undoubtedly, we all have Trump fatigue, but I can assure you that Democrats watched yesterday in hopes that they would see uh, their favorite orange menace in a pair of handcuffs, or or some sort of tawdry mugshot. I, I you know I think the media is going to have to be more thoughtful. Uh, I don't know that that's altogether going to happen. Uh, and the last thing I would say on this is I'm not entirely sure that every bit of this detail is going to help Trump. Yes, he's in the news. Uh, yes, as Murphy talked about, he's uh, positioning against a, a, a so-called liberal prosecutor. But I I'm I'm not. And we heard this at our previous podcast. I'm not thinking that evangelical voters in Iowa are digging, playing, uh, paying off Playboy centerfolds and porn stars.
2: <laughs> I I just can't resist jumping in, Paul. If you want to too, because we all work in this world. My my personal thing is. Stop doing the pro wrestling promo stuff about violence. All police leaves have been canceled in New York. Special commandos have been moved in because the odds of fire on the streets of Manhattan is exploding. They have been just pounding on that hypothetical. And yesterday we had like the model train collectors club and red hats show up. It, 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 they've <laughs> got to stop building expectations for a civil war breaking out on the streets because it's not happening.
0: Well, maybe it's not happening because we're covering it more. You know, I do think oh, a that's lot, an of us, argument, including argument. Yeah, I- including point. me, we're asleep at the switch before January six. Uh, I, I just didn't imagine—I really didn't—that right. that, uh, American citizens would attack their capital, uh, resulting in five officers dying and one hundred and fifty injured. I just didn't anticipate. It. So, I, I guess I don't. I, I, I think that uh, the potential for polit- political violence is on the rise in America. It's skyrocketing. And um, I, I, so I, I'm, I'm actually for that kind of prophylactic coverage saying, watch out, be careful. I think New York City did a terrific job of keeping the peace. Uh, and and um, so I, I'm not against that. I, but I do think that people are going to be exhausted by the coverage.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you. I just think the the breathlessness, it could step back a little. We now know more because we, we've been through this and we should learn from the status quo. And I agree, be awake to the next one when there are real signs. Murphy. Yes, sir. Let me ask you, Nick writes in, the gang at
3: 538 thinks Asa Hutchinson, this is now your chance to give him, I, I cut him down earlier in the show, you can lift him back up, has no shot at the nomination. Do you agree? And do you think a swift death of his pitch for a return to a more traditional conservatism
2: will push independent voters away from the GOP? Uh, Nick, you're a smart man, but we got a little overthink here. Let me kind of take the question apart into its components. Uh, one, 538, I'm with the ghost of Milk Gortzman. We'll worry about 538 after the Iowa caucus um, and all the other aggregating sites. It's just hobbyist chow. It's not very predictive. Uh, second, Asa Hutchinson is former governor of Arkansas, uh, more traditional conservative, he, he is a long shot for the nomination because he doesn't really have a finance base and some of the things you need to put together a presidential campaign. But I think the argument he's making uh, could be a powerful one, and he's by far not the only person who might be making it. So I would be careful, the last part of your question, assuming he's it. Uh, I think others will. So I uh, I don't rule him out as a catalyst. I think he's quite a long shot for the nomination, but I'm glad he's running. He's a thoughtful guy. We need more of it. And the very fact that Republican minds are changing. So people are that are running to me is a big tell on the real uh, perspective, st- strength of Trump 2.0. As far as independent voters being pushed away because the Hutchinson campaign doesn't make it to September, uh, you know that three-dimensional Vulcan chest stuff isn't really how it works. If we nominate Trump or a, a mini-Trump that is ninety percent there with MAGA stupidity, we're going to lose the independent voters. We're going to lose the election unless Biden's age becomes just an overwhelmingly big issue. So don't worry so much about that. Keep an eye on Hutchison. Keep a bigger eye on the return to normal non-grievance conservatism. And again, Hutchinson is not the only uh, cat out there who can meow that tune.
3: The only thing I'd add is uh, when everybody asks, why does somebody who has virtually no chance of winning run for an election? I'm reminded of what Axe said at the very beginning of the show. Brandon Johnson was at 2% when he
2: decided to become a candidate for mayor. Today, he woke up as mayor-elect. Exactly. This, this is a business of late rocket fuel on many occasions. So you know, it, uh, when in doubt, try. It's, a, it's good for the country to run for office if you're not crazy. All right. right, Now we're going <laughs> to land on the, the Babe roof the political punditry, the home run slugger. He's going to put this question right in seat 38 over left field. He just pointed at it. This is for the great Paul Begala. And the question is from John. The Dominion Fox trial begins in April. What would you advise Democratic Party officeholders to say or not say about it as it is happening?
0: I think uh, Democrats' position on the Fox Dominion defamation suit should be, I'm not going to let the Republicans cut Medicare. I'm not going to let the Republicans (laughs) cut Social Security. I'm not going to let the Republicans cut Medicaid. I'm not going to let the Republicans cut Obamacare. I'm not going to let the Republicans cut Border Security or the FBI, or farm programs. In other words, focus on the things that matter in people's lives. Um, there is, though, this question, and I've been on both sides of it, and I'm terribly interested, especially, uh, Robert, what you think as an actual expert in press management. For decades now, Democrats have wondered, should we go on Fox News or should we not? And I've mostly, I've been on both sides, I have to admit. Yeah, me I've too. mostly been on the communicate more is better. And Pete Buttigieg was a great uh, uh, advocate of that when he was a candidate for president. I have to say the revelations in this lawsuit, really unmasking uh, Fox as a propaganda outfit, now put me on the side to say to Democrats, don't go on there and legitimize a propaganda outfit as if it were a news station, because it just doesn't seem to be. But that's very different from talking about Fox. They should talk about Medicare, Social Security, education, borders, crime, schools. Uh, but but uh, Robert, what do you think? Should Democrats go on Fox?
3: I think if you're going to go on Fox, I've sort of leaned where you are, Paul. Uh, if you're going to go on Fox, I would make sure to get a good Fox dig in on Fox. Right? Use it. I mean, again, as as Pete sometimes does. Right? It, it, he's going to go on. He's going to talk to those people, but he's going to poke Fox while he does it. I think that's a that's a you know look that's a that's a winning message for the people most likely that you're trying to reach. Uh, but I agree with you. I've gone back and forth on this. I've, I've had some screaming matches with uh, lots of, uh, uh, of folks there uh, around, uh, listening to them say, "Oh, we can't control the prime time. You know, those guys do whatever right. they want. All that kind of BS." Uh, you know, and I'm tired of it. It's, it's. I mean, the revelations in this lawsuit are nothing short of stunning. Maybe not. I'm not saying they're surprising,
2: but wow, the right. level they've gone to is is crazy. I say grab the mic and preach the gospel. Myself, go on and fight, but that's my instinct, and I don't have to go on and fight because I'm an employee of NBC News. So <laughs> I'm a contributor to CNN. So I right, have a right. bias. So we I, we, yes. we, I love we, CNN. we plow the farm yes. that we're working on. Yeah, yeah.
3: Paul, special science correspondent, <laughs> special legal <laughs> analyst for Hacks on Tap. Thank you for geopolitical some time advisor
2: on right? NATO's northern flank. Wow, I he's mean, he's our all-around <laughs> expert.
3: He's our Swiss Army
2: knife.
0: Paul, thank you for coming on. Guys, you are the best. This is my favorite podcast. Thank you for having me
2: on it. Oh, thank you, pal. We'll get you back soon. And uh, let's go out and bill X right out of Chicago. We just got picked up. I got a text. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back soon.